I'm V. And I'm Kay. And we got something to say. Season two. Something to say, you know the drill. I'm Kay. Hey, Who's I'm me. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. You know, we're to our uh, bi-weekly. Koei uh, and I, honestly, I don't know about you, but I kind of panicked last week because I forgot that we had switched to the bi-weekly, and I was like, Whoa, "What's going on?" And then I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" Next week. Yeah, you know, we're still adjusting. I think it's great, though. I definitely think it's like given us some more bandwidth to like. You know, just like make sure our content is popping. We're like really thinking about what we want to say and actually like have things to say because as chatty as we are, we just don't always have things to say. That's true. Or at least like things to say that we want to record. We always have things to say, but sometimes we have to run ah, that's that. True. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. We're trying to keep our jobs. <laughs> if someone is listening, I will talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. At all times. <laughs> oh, Chloe, how are you doing? How am I doing? Well, right now I'm really tired, contrary to like my bubbly demeanor. Um, I I haven't been sleeping super well lately. So, you know, listeners, if you have any like tips or tricks for getting like good night's sleep or for improving your sleep, do let me know because I'm just at the point now where I'm like, I I can maybe handle like one more night of bad sleep and then I'm going to like, you know, like murder somebody probably maybe if I don't get like a good eight hours of sleep. You know? I feel you. I feel. I also, I also am feeling very uh, like lethargic right now. Um, right. But I'm hyped because I heard your voice and I was like, let's get into it. <laughs> Nothing could get me more excited than FaceTiming you or hearing your voice. I'm just yeah. like, yes! Oh, let's go! <laughs> From the back of the throat. <laughs> <laughs> just deep. It's really deep. Just deep. Just... <laughs> I was gonna say full throttle. That's I just want you to know that's how much I don't know anything about cars. Like the only way I can use full throttle is like in terms of my full throttle, taking it up a notch. (laughs) It's embarrassing how much I don't know about cars. Let's rock and roll. I don't know where this voice is coming from. I just like I'm currently sitting in my chair, like doing a lot of arm movements. Like this is what full throttle. Uh, yeah, remember last year when we were living together still and ah. we went through a phase where we were listening to like 2000s like soft rock, just like a lot of Gavin DeGraw. Oh. <laughs> Love Gavin DeGraw. I would definitely see his reunion tour. <laughs> literally, literally, if he ever tours, we are, we, honestly, we are buying t- like front row tickets ASAP and Vienna and I will be the loudest people in that room raging. I love Gavin DeGraw. It was a dark time because this was like as COVID was really hitting DC specifically. Right. Um, like right. we were both got our work notices like, nah, you guys are staying like stay in the house. Like don't even. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, what to do, what to do. And we're like, let's take a trip down memory lane. We pulled up the best radio station ever. Remember Delilah? Literally 
I like got chills when you told me that you also were a huge fan of Delilah because I really mm-hmm. thought it was just me. I would sleep with the radio on every mm-hmm. night. That's actually why I know like every lyric to every song's fun fact about Koei because I used to listen to the radio like truly from ages like four to like maybe like mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. every single night listening to Delilah like through and through and it's just like bangers like 80s 90s 2000s bangers love songs okay yeah. soft rock okay yeah. anything adult with an emotional release <gasps> adult contemporary <laughs> full throttle <laughs> I just like I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and like other podcast hosts like instead when they want to scream they like whisper scream mm-hmm. and I need to like practice that because I just can't like I'm just gonna yeah. scream yeah. it's not good fully screaming I'm watching our like audio thing <laughs> and it just jumps to the red <laughs> I used to be so afraid of the red but now I'm like you know what girl like this is where we're meant to be listen point. it's relative loud is a relative concept okay Truly, truly, truly. <laughs> I will say, though, one of the songs that gets me going that is like the epitome of Delilah is Shania Twain's Still the One I Love. Yeah, great segue. Wow, look at her, a podcast host. Transitions. <laughs> Listen, you don't want to open Shania Twain for me because I'm make maybe one of the biggest Shania Twain fans. I saw her in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my birthday weekend, and I had got these. I got these tickets like seven months in advance. Like truly, like when I tell you, I stand. Like I stand this woman and her. Okay. She has so much energy. She's so lively. You know, she, um, so she had the, um, the notes, the vocal notes. Um, you know, um, if you heard of those before, it's like, um, they're like little nodules that like sit and press on your, like, um, it's like a condition, ooh, baby, the right? science. Yeah. You develop them over time. Typically like singers develop them because they're singing and they're working out the muscles so aggressively. They develop these notes on them and it completely just like debilitates your, like, your singing voice like it completely it it diminishes your range the whole thing so like for example julie andrews had the notes that's why she doesn't like be doing all of the who's our life thing situation now gotcha yeah so shania had them too and so i was like oh i don't know i will have to see how she sounds like she's probably gonna be a little weaker no baby she came in hot yeah she said that will stop me (laughs) she said i'll take things a half a step down but don't you worry you ain't gonna notice nothing yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Should I'll give you one belt, okay? And you're gonna love it, okay? And I was like, yes, Shania. Yeah. Yes, we you all will. Said, okay. We all said okay together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> me and all of the like yeah. middle aged like white women who were like in the audience <laughs> with me. All right, y'all. We had a little technical difficulty, a little blackout moment, but we're back. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know we're we're a team of three, okay? You know, so we're, we're trying to get it together. Yeah. You know, we're working off no mic, so don't worry. We're back. We're live. <laughs> we're a team of three. I'm in a closet uh, somewhere in Maryland. Koa, um, you're truly in Kenya right now. Uh, so I am. We've been doing. I am the in best my mother's bedroom in yeah. Tigoni. So you know, we're doing the best <laughs> that we can. I appreciate it. That's actually never happened to us before. Like a full, yeah. like just technical. Difficulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like we said, this is one shot, one take. Like we don't, you know what I'm saying? We always record everything as is. We never mix and all this stuff. So you all you guys are getting it real. That was really a moment that we just had. <laughs> I'm saying, and you know, and I really think that's why people really do enjoy our content. Um, because it's just it's super real. It's super, it's rough, it's raw, it's dirty sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it is it's not polished, it's cute, um, you know, it's just it's authentic. It's authentic. It's the thing. Um, we were talking about songs that get us going. And you were talking yeah, about... Yeah, specifically Shania Twain. And I went off of a really... On a 
honestly a way too long tangent. So it's probably good that we had a little difficulty because I I could talk about Shania Twain for a whole episode because I love her and I have such fond memories of listening to like her greatest hits, the actual CD and my mom's silver Volvo on the way to work and just Mm -hmm. belting my little heart out and just really feeling those love lyrics but having no idea what they mean. So it was the best. Truly. I mean, I think that we were on that um, ballads game like really, really young. In a way that, like, I don't think the kids are anymore because they don't listen to radio. So there's a special part of me that wants to, like, preserve the fact that I remember, like, the greatest hits of 2004. Like, remember that, like, CD collection that they would try to get you to buy at the 1-800 number? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, we need to have, like, a Gen Z guest on to talk about these things because Mm -hmm. they just, the kids, they don't know. I want to tell a Gen Zer to their face, you don't know, because they just don't know, like, the magic of CDs, the magic of making, like, a a CD mix. Oh, my God. I used to do that Mm -hmm. all the time in high school. Iconic. So good. And just, oh. Just cons- consumption of music was so different those days. And there was such an appreciation for like different versions of songs. Mm-hmm. And just like, I don't know, just hearing music in general was such like a special thing. Because again, it was it was radio or it was like it was, you went out and you bought like full CD like albums and you would listen mm-hmm. and you would listen to like a whole project. Then it became like iTunes. And there was even like... Um, there was something deliberate about iTunes too, because again, you had to like pay for songs. So it was like, okay, like you're putting, you're putting something back into the industry to get something special back. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's a little different. Not to show yeah. music today. Yeah. Love music today. Shout out to all the artists out there doing the thing, but it's different. <laughs> it is different. I also feel like we talk about the teeny boppers um, too much, like as if, the, you for know sure. what I mean? And so we need to bring one on so we can be like, this is a thought from us. <laughs> Do you concur? (laughs) (laughs) This is your chance to speak. (laughs) Literally because we are in the same like age range. Like we just don't have, we're very biased about it. We're just like them kids. The kids don't know. They don't know what's going on. And they probably do. And they're just like, okay, (laughs) you're old. (laughs) Okay. Oh, your hair is side parted. Like my, actually my hair isn't a side part right now. So come at me, Gen Z. What you going to do? No, actually fight me on this because here's the thing. I, I like a middle part when it comes to like a Same. slick bun, a low situation, like mm-hmm. whatever. But when I have like, you know what I'm talking about. When we have our hair big out and curly, we're doing like a big moment. Like our hair goes upwards and outwards. It's not coming downwards. And so therefore having a deep side part is critical to give it shape because otherwise, like sometimes it looks like Cruella de Velli, you know what I mean? And I, yes. no shame to her, but like this is why the side part is a thing. So don't say that we can't do that anymore because that's actually all I know. So... A hundred percent. I definitely think, especially with Afro hair, the side part is the way to go. And it frames the face beautifully. Exactly. Exactly. Fun fact, guys, if you want to get the perfect side part, go Mm -hmm. to um, the eyebrow on the side that you want the part to be on. And then you start the line from the arch of your eyebrow. That's how to get the perfect face framing side part. (laughs) This has been Beauty Chips with. (laughs) We should make that a new bit. Literally, <laughs> look how fake I am. I put I published one piece in Ellen. I'm like, hey, I'm yeah. your beauty expert. <laughs> Ooh, actually, you know what? Here's another transition. Um, want to give an update to like what's going on in our lives, and by that, I really just want to put the spotlight on you, Koei, <laughs> for what you've been it's writing. It's funny because it's really because you honestly deserve the spotlight more than I do. I don't know if you're ready to make that announcement yet. I'll leave that judgment. In, I'll leave that ball in your court. But yeah, sure, I can swuck about it. 
Um, so you, you guys know that I am a journalist, I'm a writer, and I have been hustling at this game for about two years now. And honestly, it's been super difficult. I didn't go to college for journalism. I played myself and thought that I wanted to be a big shot lawyer in college, <laughs> which is not what I want to be. And then I saw like all of my friends like mm. go through that process or majority of my friends go through like the pre-law into law school mm -hmm. process. And I was like, you know what? It's no for me, dog. Um, and I've always loved writing, but I just, it's funny to me that the, I never connected with those dots. Like it took me a really long time sure. to be like, wait, wait, I should probably do that thing. Cause I love that thing. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. good at that thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 2019 started writing. Um, and then things started to pick up, um, mostly like in la last year, I connected with a writer at, in Co at Cosmo UK. Um, her name is Jenny. Love her. I will tag all of her socials in the description of this video because she's the best and I love her. You should check her out and read all of her work. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so I basically just asked her like, Hey, you know, I think you're dope. Okay. <laughs> I want to do what you do, but like, how? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was blown away by how nice she, I'm sorry, this ended up being a whole story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, she was so nice and she was so just gracious and just so generous with, you know, advice and really helped me. So I ended up contributing a few months later, ended up contributing to Cosmo, which was a huge win for me because I've been reading Cosmo since, gosh, I was like, 10 11 mm -hmm. so that was a huge victory and that really kind of helped like propel me forward and you know I think that particular opportunity there was a lot of work into it I really got to like hone my craft and learn more about like how to be the kind of writer a culture writer that I want to be right and so that eventually led to where I am now and I recently published a piece with LUK which is super super exciting yes, yes. I so <laughs> I was super excited. It's funny. You know, I, I pitched this piece to my editor um, in Instagram, her DMs. I saw that she she like posted something. I am like pretty aggressive with like following editors and writers of publications that I really care about. Um, and to anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff, I can talk about it more. But that's definitely a great place to start, I think. You know, in this industry, the people who the people who are the movers and shakers and mm -hmm. everyone in between, everyone's on social media aggressively. So, of course, it's a huge part of the business. So yeah. it's a good point to start with following those guys, doing your research. It's, it's crucial. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that she was looking for some blick and some BIPOC people yeah. to contribute to the <laughs> magazine. And I said, hey, you know what I am? Okay, I'm blessed. Blessed. I can do some a little typey type. Okay, mm. and so I worked on some some ideas, and I was like, you know what? I'm terrified because you know L is, um, is you know it's a big it's a big publication, and it's very mm. much known for being fashion forward. Like I would argue that. Vogue and L kind of hold hands in this space of kind of being like the people who determine trends and what's going on and they they kind of control the forecast of what's happening. So I was like, yo, like I, I'm not a fashion girl like that. I love me some makeups, but I'm by no means like any kind of like aficionado in these spaces. So I was like, there is no way. Like I have no idea what I'm talking about. So anyways, she I pitched her and she was like, oh, this is dope. And I was like, what? And she was like, do it. And I was like, what? You're like, what? Can I go what? <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it's funny. Anyone who's a writer, like y'all will feel me out there. Like there's something that happens. Like you work so hard on a pitch and you like, you know, you believe in a pitch and you send it out with such conviction. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mm -hmm. you get the yes and you're like, oh, 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 I have to write it now. Oh. Okay. Ah, now oh. I proceed. Ah, okay. Do I <laughs> yeah, do I know what I'm saying? Sure. And this piece in particular, like I was making an argument that like I had made like off the top of my head. Like I was thinking about, yeah, you know, like 
what do I love? I love black sitcoms. I wonder, mm-hmm. I start thinking about, you know, there, first of all, there's a lot of people are, there's such a nostalgia, like nineties and two thousands nostalgia. So pieces like that will always be always work and will always have good click throughs. And I know editors will bite at them. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, well, how can I make this work for L? And I'm like, well, I can like make an argument that they somehow influence the beauty industry and, um, BIPOC owned and uh, BIPOC owned makeup brands and Mm -hmm. and, um, beauty brands, as well as like, you know, just the conversation about having um, beauty products that were like focused on like BIPOC and black people, Mm -hmm. just like they grew alongside the sitcoms again was a hypothesis that I just made like off the cuff. Um, And so, yeah. And so then she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Now I like I got to prove it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. So I researched like my ass off for this. I read so many journals. I read so many other pieces by culture writers and beauty writers kind of talking about this time. I did a deep dive into like the industry aspect, like the business part of it, looking at like sales and deals and things like that. I learned a lot. I cried a lot during the process. I was very stressed. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. But it finally is out. That matters. Um, And I'm super excited about it and I also um I'll talk about this like another episode but I have another um Cosmo project coming out it's going to be in print and digital Um, that's coming out later so needless to say um, I'm just out here hustling like writing a lot I also wrote a piece about the Megan and Harry interview which we will talk about yes soon yes yes because that that was a whole thing and so yeah basically I'm just out here um contributing so much to to different uh publications to the point where i'm like someone has to hire me like someone has to hire me to do this full someone at cosmo or wherever mm-hmm. is going to get tired of, of paying me outside get of in-house. Her a job get her a job <laughs> right <laughs> so, someone hire me please from the right like, <laughs> i wake up every morning i'm like can someone hire me and i go to bed at night and i'm like can someone hire me can mm-hmm. someone hire me please <laughs> yes listeners <laughs> This also includes you. Help us out. No, help me. Help me. Okay? I need to be doing this full time. I love it too much. And I want to be in the room where it happens so badly. It's so hard being a freelancer. I have to fight tooth and nail, like, so many external factors. And that's why I get so hyped whenever, like, a pitch just gets accepted. Because, like... There, it's it, there are so many different scenarios. And there are so many other factors that can control, like, a place being like, nah. You know what I mean? Sometimes they'd be taking your ideas. You know what I'm saying? They give it to an in-house writer because they don't have to pay them for that. They're already salaried. You know, sometimes it's, you know, has to do with, um, you know, like analytics. So, for example, if you want to pitch a piece that is... um, had mentions a topic that has already been like aggressively promoted on their site. They're going to be like, nah, girl, like we are saving all that traffic for this piece. It's, it, listen, baby, it's a bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Okay? It's numbers. It's numbers. Data. Data. <laughs> numbers. Data. But I'm here and I'm black and I want to be employed. Yeah. So black. <laughs> tell your friend. And I'm a woman and I'm technically disabled because of my diabetes. So go off. Okay. Take go the boxes. Off. You know who you are. All Get her a job. <laughs> You heard us. <laughs> it's just me in the background, like hyping you up. Yeah, employ her. She my girl. She need a job. <laughs> just me. Just me get there screaming. Help. I'm actually getting like warm. <laughs> so excited. Heated. Hot. Heated. Hot. My goal. I'm in a closet I need- and I'm warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Carry on. 
<laughs> no, this is my last thought because it's ended up being a much longer story than I hoped for. But my goal is to like have a job in media by the time that I turn 26. Guys, my birthday is in July. Yeah. We have some time, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, this can be everyone's just, we can all come together on everyone's this project. You know <laughs> Everyone's project. You need a project. project. Here you are. Here you are. You need a cause. Here it is. Help okay. us help you help us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> wow, a sudden wow. turn. So sorry, guys. Exciting. But yeah, that's that's, that's what's I've that's been working on. So yeah. yeah. Wow, exciting wow, updates. I'm so proud of you. Um Thank I you, love baby. reading your things, even though you're like, okay, can you please read this thing? Like and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get so I don't know what it is, but it's like Viet's my teacher. I get like I'm so I get so scared. I think it's because like I you're so smart and I really do like hold your opinion in super high regard. And I'm like again, like I'm pretty I'm new to this. Like I'm still kind of, you know, I'm getting stronger, I'm trying to get better and stuff. I get so scared. And you like read a lot too. I get Tear. I'm like, oh my god, Viet's reading it. Oh my god. Oh my You're gosh. Funny. Oh my god. You're so funny. You're so, so funny. Scared. But I no, excited so to hear um, about your updates. And as always, like we have our handles on our um, podcast uh, account. So like, check her out. Chloe's got. She has a link tree. I saw that the other day. I said, oh girl. <laughs> I do. I'm a brand. I don't know. I've also been trying to be more active on social media. So follow me, everybody. Tell yeah. your friends to follow me. <laughs> Links are always in my bio. God, I always. love a shameless plug. It's so Listen, satisfying. I'm shameless. Yeah. Hire me. I'm complete. There's no shame here because I want this shit. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That's the energy. That's the energy we need. You're trying to turn 2021 around. Okay. No, around. Okay. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Last okay. year was filled with L's and also not even just L's. It, so there were L's, but there were also like nothingness. Like I feel like there was, I was in a period of much stagnation last year. Um, oh yeah. For many reasons. Some imposed on me, some circumstantial. Uh, so we're trying to like turn the ship around. Okay. Turn it around. Viet, do you have any updates that you want to share with the group or you want to hold off? You want to keep them waiting? Um, I have some to share. I have some some dance uh, things that have been happening that I'm excited about. Um, yeah, no dance things were happening most of last year just because of the, you know pandemic and all these things. Wow, that's the first time I referred to pandemic on this episode in full, um, and not like a panty or like I don't know a pumpkin pie. A pandemic lovato. <laughs> Never forget. My favorite word. Um, so, yeah, some exciting dancings uh, that are coming. Like, I've been doing a lot of filming um, with uh, Britta Joy Peterson in particular. She's a DC-based uh, creator, dancer, all those things. Um, and since most dance things, like, are not happening in person for the most part, um, a lot of the stuff that I have been working on will be debut release i don't know um later on so hopefully in like installations and like more kind of experiential things um i don't know though because i just get called to dance and i'm like this is my part and then they're like we'll tell you when it's ready <laughs> and then we <laughs> she's wait. called to dance people she's this called is, okay is, yeah this is what's going on um but outside of that so y'all remember that i was knee deep in gre things uh last fall and um, have heard back and have offers, which is very exciting. Um, I haven't committed yet, so I'm going to keep it on the DL. Uh, but, 
Yeah, like grad school is like very much happening this fall, which is exciting and in many ways feel like imposter syndrome. Like I've gotten like I feel a wave of that very recently. Um, And I think that that might just be a symptom of being still like very early 20s and now like going back to school and grad school is just a completely different ball game broadly speaking like you know from from undergrad like it's just it's it's a broader range of of ages where people are in their lives like they threw us in a group chat asap for one of the schools that i got into and people were introducing themselves and there's like you know i'm so and so and i did this and i did that and i'm coming with my partner and i'm coming with my my kid and like so like grad school is like just a bigger pool um so a a part of me is like ah like, <laughs> me, it's my turn. I'm ready. So, um, but I'm excited. It's, it's going to be good. Um, I don't know. Oh, for a second, I was like, do we have another technical difficulty? <laughs> but I hear No, you. that's just my voice. <laughs> I cannot wait until you make, like, the big announcement. Uh, guys, everyone wants to be Ed, obviously, because she's a genius. Stop. It is such a major accomplishment. I just, it's funny because, like, it's it's so when you told me I was like so unsurprised but just so incredibly impressed like I mean Viet you've worked so 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 hard for this and you deserve it so much and I'm so proud of you thank you you hype me up way too much. oh you hype me up but also imposter syndrome oh, is so you know real. It. No, it's so real. It's so, so real. And I was talking about it with um, another one of our mutual friends about like, what are we doing? Who said we're old enough for things? Like, who, like what is adults? Um, and that we're fully in it now. Uh, but also like not quite because we're still sprightly in that way. <laughs> But it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm starting to feel like the tides change in that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to feel a little bit more settled by no means in my career, because again, like who knows? And also like hire me. Mm-hmm. No, by no means where I live, because I'm a, I'm a woman of the world currently. <laughs> but I do. I feel um, I was explaining this to my mom actually earlier today and I was telling her, you know, when I was a teenager, and I, I would say this is the case for most people. Like, there's such an urgency to grow up. Like, you know, when you're a sophomore, you want to be a junior. When you're a junior, you want to be a senior. When you're a senior, you want to be in college. When you're in college, you want to, like, get out. You want to. There's such an urgency to, like, go and, like, do things because you feel. And it's almost like it's almost like a time is ticking type of thing, which is funny and ironic because you're in the prime, right? You're at the very beginning of, of your independent life. Um, and, and I felt that like very much then in my early twenties, I really struggled with this frustration of being like, I, I wanted to be in this point in my life for so long and it's not panning out like how I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I didn't know as much as I thought I would know. Like I felt so like angry and just like frustrated and confused and all of this stuff. And I felt all this pent up like tension because like this time in my life wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I, and I also like, I had wished and like rushed into that process so much or rushed into that phase that I you know, I was so mad, like, damn, like, why do I want this? This is hard. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm finally, like, getting to the point now where I'm starting to really think about, like, life differently and time mm. differently. Like, For sure. there's, I'm starting to really see how much there is ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I'm, like, hire me now, like, publish me now, like, give me a fellowship now. Like, I also recognize that, like, 
there's such a power in patience and such a power in leaning into the fact that like there are so many bends in the road ahead and there's so much to live and so much to experience that like just you know pipe your ass down and I think that's a beautiful thing about getting older (laughs) is that you know that, that really like you do start to calm you know yeah. It's interesting how that's changed. So we talked about this um, the other, like earlier this week when we were just checking in, not like recording. And uh, we're both planners. And I've also this conversation with some of my housemates too, like what we thought we would be doing. So I put this in the context of like the other day, it was really cute in DC. It was like 70 degree weather. Like they gave us like a little, a kiss of like a good time. And then it's been discussing ever since. So whatever. So everybody was out here like, woo, the sun. So I was at this park and um, it became, I just had a moment where like I watched a group of, of other people, right. Who are so clearly in their early thirties. And Mm -hmm. how, like, me, where I was sitting with other people, are, like, we look like we're in our mid-20s. But I distinctly remember when I was 18 seeing that, like, and thinking that, oh, like, that's probably what I'm going to look like when I'm in my mid-20s. But the people who were in the mid-20s are also now in their 30s, in the same way that we were 18 and now we're the mid-20-year-olds, having a sensible Mm -hmm. good time at the park um, and not being like, eh, I'm 18. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's such an interesting shift and like we're all kind of I mean duh we're all growing up like we start to kind of move into those like chunks of time and I remember when I was like 17 I was pretty confident that like I'd be engaged by my mid-20s I don't know what I was Mm -hmm. thinking um I was like and I'll have the kids before 30 it was like 20 29 pop one out maybe maybe even two if I'm feeling ambitious um (laughs) mom in that way which is my mom was a young mom too a fairly young mom um but, like, that was just what I assumed. And now, like, I'm going to be 24 this August. Um, and we're fully in our twi- like our mid-20s. And, like, how much closer we are inching towards that in a way that, like, even just six years ago, I was like, oh, by then I'll, I'll be doing this. I'll be there. Da-da-da-da. I'll probably be working towards, like, owning something. I don't own anything. Like, I don't have any major assets. I don't own my car. I pay rent monthly as per everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what's going on here. I'm not working towards a home. God. Um, but what an interesting shift. You know what I mean? But also freeing. Like, to just be like, oh, like, we're cool. Like, we got we got time. I'm in a rush. I, I not being in a rush is the greatest thing ever of life. Like I feel so much more confident, and and I think you're, I think that really is. I think the key to maturity I think it's it's just not being in a rush you know what I mean like I no longer look at my life like oh like by 30 I'll be and I used to be that person like right. okay like I'm gonna be married by 27 to have babies mm-hmm. by 29 mm-hmm. to like all that kind of stuff like now I'm just like oh you can't you actually can't look at your life like that like yeah. you can't you can't mark your life like that and even if I were to look back at my life I wouldn't be like at 18 I was here at 22 I was here at 24 I was there you know what I mean like you don't look back on your life like that because it's like not what life is you know mm-hmm. 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 Truly. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. And also recognizing that there are so many, even as we enter the late 20s, the 30s, whatever it is, like even in that time, scurry, even in that time, there's so many more opportunities to like give it a go and try again and like go left when everything seems to be going right. You know what I mean? Like we still have yet to even have those like transformations and also to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Have a good time. A hundred percent. Speaking of good times. Yeah. 
Ooh, you know who's not having transition? a good time? <laughs> you had me in my seat. I was like, oh, like, what are we talking about? It's, it's not the best. It's rough. But you know who's not having a good time, Viet? Who? Mr. Mad James. Oh, okay. I this is I'm glad we got into this. Why don't we do like um like a like a speed round, like our uh like hot takes on the like hot updates happen in the hot world because we have hot updates hot takes hot updates we have batch to rehash we have um a quick little Meghan markle thing we can't skip yeah. over that and then i had a third update that'll come to me so let's let's do our speed round okay. let's do our three hot takes on hot speed updates. Rounds. Mm-hmm. okay bachelor all right so we finally wrapped the season um mm-hmm. earlier this week oh my god i mean i could talk about this for a very long time and perhaps mm-hmm. maybe we'll have like another little like intro where we talk about it deeper but needless to say i feel very very bad for mr matt james i think that he was ill-equipped and unprepared for what was thrust upon him. Um, and I really feel bad that people are coming for him on social media because he's not the first ho- like lead who has not ended up with the, the quote-unquote winner. Um, but he's getting all this extra heat for, you know, reasons that are racial um, and that are charged. Um, and I just, I feel really bad. I mean, I think, gosh, there's so much to say. There's so much. Um, I think the finale was chaotic. I think it was sad. I think it was also was um, emotional. Mm-hmm. After the final roast, Emmanuel Acho, just amazing. Did a fantastic job. Loved yeah. that. Yeah. Loved I did not having miss Chris Harrison. New. Right? I didn't miss didn't it. I was miss like, it. we don't need to see this again. <laughs> I was like, oh, so like, and I think it was a great way to see that like, oh, we actually we there needs to be a refresh and like we all knew that but then especially watching Emmanuel just crush it and be able to have this like camaraderie with Matt that would have never happened with Chris and be able to really I mean he came prepared honey okay he had the questions yep. he said okay he, he came said Matt James my brother <laughs> my I stood up I said brother I stood, up, up. I stood up <laughs> <laughs> I stood up mm-hmm. yeah I mean I just I also super happy for Michelle and Katie. I think it was the right call. Have the rest of this year be about women, okay? I'm very intrigued to see what other tweaks um, Bachelor, the Bachelor franchise makes because I think, I honestly would argue that I think the bigger issue, you know, I think honestly it's less, not that diversity in the casting is important, but I actually think that that's less important than diversity in the behind the scenes. Because I just really feel like, right? I feel like, Matt, part of the reason why Matt was like ill-equipped and unprepared was because the people telling his story, the producers, the directors, whatever, they didn't know how to tell a story mm-hmm. and didn't like protect him. Very similar to um, Miss Meghan Markle, which we'll talk about soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they just they didn't know how to protect him, how to serve him, how to express what this journey really, really was and, and should have been for him. And it just it really showed and it's really. I'm glad that we're talking about this because I just got a notification that's saying that Matt James deleted all of his pictures on Instagram. So he's obviously uh, going through something. Yeah. You know, as it, which is understandable. Absolutely. Um, second everything you said, I would even, I'd add to that too. Um, 
And this is like a bigger commentary. So this is why like it's not just enough that we're having like the black lead, the, the black female lead, whatever it is. Like that, it's not just about that. It's not just about having the one writer in the room who's a person of color. Because exactly what you said, it's the behind the scenes stuff. Like if, if there's one black writer at the table, but everybody else around them is not at all. And we're focusing on a black narrative. Then what do you think is going to happen? It's just, it's siloed all over again. Like it's not, it, it matters on that side just as much as it does on the like you know what's our head count like do we have somebody you know what I mean in front of the screen like right no of course it's also what you said behind the scenes and that's applicable to any tv show any movies like it's just it's more than just this like taking the box like the optics look good and I think that Matt James for so many reasons like took the biggest L <laughs> the season. biggest L. Like he yeah. just, you know, like even like Michelle walked away with a bachelorette title. Mm-hmm. Katie, who you know wasn't as hurt, but also was hurt. You know, she walked away with a bachelorette title. Rachel, Rachel's gonna be fine. Like, let's uh, be honest, yeah. Rachel's gonna be fine. But then there's Matt, and just a, a last note on the Bachelor because we this was supposed to be hot takes, and they're meant to be hot and short. Mm-hmm. But my last thought was, you know, this franchise they thought that because they had Rachel Lindsay a few uh, years ago, who was the first black bachelorette, that they kind of knew the the blueprint when it came to having like a first a black lead. But you I mean, this is exactly a part of the bigger issue, right? Like black experiences are so nuanced and so different. Rachel's experience and her relationship with her race and Matt's are super different. Matt's a biracial man. So his relationship with his race is much more complicated than Rachel's. Not saying that being a black woman is not any easier, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, let me not speak on it because I'm not biracial myself, but something that I've observed from friends who identify as being biracial, like there's, there are nuances to that experience Mm -hmm. that I think that make this, make his, that experience more difficult in the context of being on a reality TV show to find love in this particular way. And it just... They, yeah, they really, they thought that they just missed it completely. And just, oh, Matt James, just the biggest casualty. Oh, yeah, yeah. The biggest L. Walked out of this with probably... With nothing. With, with nothing and probably just like more trauma that he unfortunately more tra- to, This man yeah, on Good so Morning America, back. he was like, oh, there's so much trauma. He, he was like, like Obama. Yeah, <laughs> like after his <laughs> eight years, he was looking gray. Really gray. Oh, my God. Come, he just came out of the washing machine just withered away. <laughs> and it makes sun. me so sad. Because, like, Matt James was just, like, he's such, like, a had such a bubbly personality. And we saw that, like, we saw, like, pockets of it throughout the season where he was, just, like, laughing and goofy. And even prior to his season, you know, we had gotten to know him a little bit via Tyler Cameron and Hannah Brown's social media. And he's just, like, this effervescent, like, happy person. And I just, I, f- I see and I feel his heaviness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this. This yeah. is so funny. Don Lemon, apparently, from CNN, <laughs> like, weighed in on this I just yeah he did the the cultural currency coming out of this season is actually hilarious okay anyways that's our hot take on that hot update um let's do a quick one for Meghan Markle and the whole debacle since like you know the internet and meme culture like blew up anyways a hundred percent. And by the way, guys, if you want to get more thoughts on my take on Megan and Harry, check out my article for Digital Spy. You know, we say plug in here, baby. Link in my bio. You know what's good. Anywho, uh, so Megan and Harry. Wow, wow, wow. I watched that like it was a full movie. Cinematic experience. Um, obvious Oprah is an unmatched interviewer. Like this is 
this is what she, that's why she's had like a over five decade long career. Like it's not, we get it. She, she came in with a curiosity and a tenacity and an openness that was just unbelievable. Like she took it where I needed to go. And I loved that. Um, heartbreaking about Megan feel for Megan. Um, obviously like, I mean, we had all like suspected that some like shit was going down behind the scenes, but my God, some shit was going down behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the royal family and it's the, the OG colonizers. You know what I'm saying? Like the OGs, the OGs. I mean, literally, so Prince Phyllis, you know, I, I be watching the crown. I love me some crown. Okay. So to give you context, so um, Prince Harry's grandfather, Prince Philip, his sisters were like full-blown Nazis. Like, I'm not talking about they rubbed elbows like um, King Edward, who abdicated the throne. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about later. <laughs> no, they were like, they were full-blown Nazis because Prince Philip has like a Greek background, a German background. They were full Nazis, like to the point where they actually, they'd, they died in a, a plane crash when Philip was young, which is a part of his trauma. But yeah, they had full blown Nazi funerals. Like this is, I mean, I'm shocked at the racism, but also like not like they're racist. Like obviously, like the tradition there is seeped in a hatred of the melanated baby. Seat. Mm-hmm. And also clothed in that like British formality and like how dare you speak ill of da da da, which I think is something from American culture we don't have so much. But like in British culture, like there is there are mannerisms, there are codes, there's ways in which you speak about things. Um, right. And all of that becomes clothed with just truly trenched OG racism, like OG. in the purest sense, to the extent like the comment about her baby, about being a bride. I said, girl. <laughs> What? I, first of all, okay, so I don't say this to diminish Meghan Markle's blackness by no means, like, that's my sister, okay, but Meghan's white passing. Like, sure. if you didn't know her and you saw this woman walking on the street, you say, that white woman. Yeah. Hi, Italian, white woman. Maybe. Hey, Madison, okay? Hey, Ashley, okay? You, She's white passing. So the fact that these people are so racist that they were like, no, 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 baby, that that baby's about to be one-fourth black and we don't know about them jeans. You don't know how about It could pop up. We don't know about them jeans, okay? We don't know what's going on. It's crazy to me. I was it's listening to another podcast earlier today, and they are saying that, like, you know, like, majority of, like, as you were saying, like, the British are, like, the OG, OG racist to the point where, like, they brought racism to America, okay? Facts. Majority of the settlers here were British, and they came and they brought they all Australia. Australia. They brought that over yes. Australia. They said this is now our thing, too. Um, they brought over New Zealand. Uh, yes. Just listen. Oh, geez. <laughs> At one point, the British Empire owned a third of the world. Like yeah. a third of the world was British. They just spread that little mentality yeah. and that mantra. And we're still experiencing the fallout today. I mean, Commonwealth. Think about that. Like also you and I, Koei, being from Kenya, like the relationship yeah. between like Kenya and then also like the British identity and like that yes. whole dynamic, like we is entrenched also in, in especially like, uh, even more so like an upper class community within Kenya and like that kind of proximity yeah. relationship and like wanting to go there. And again, I'm not diminishing like wanting to seek opportunity outside of your home country, but like there is such a strong kind of tied to the Commonwealth and the OG, you know, British Empire. It's disgusting. It's just code for, like, former colonialism. That's just what it is. A hundred percent. And I mean, those those racial constructs, they still even, like, function within Kennedy, which is wild because it's majority black, but, like, white people, they carry themselves differently here because mm-hmm. they carry more cultural currency because they are lighter. Yep. 
Absolutely. Oh. It really comes. Oh. 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 But I also I got like, so much backlash on my piece. Oh, live for her. You got live backlash? For her. I did on my my digital spy piece. <laughs> the conservatives came for me. They yeah, like they retweeted did. my. They're like disgusting. What the <laughs> fuck? Like oh, they really they were like this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, hey, shout out, baby. That's how you know you made it when you got them haters. <laughs> At me, baby. Listen, they're talking about you. Okay, <laughs> read it. Okay, free Megan, you. baby. Yeah, give me the clicks. <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> Oh, too good. Anyways, we could like unpack that for 30 hours. Um, I had a third happenings, but it's escaping me. Okay, I actually, do you want to talk a little about the Grammys? Do you have anything to say about the Grammys? Like a hot take, hot... Okay, maybe this, we can round out our hot take on this one. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? I mean, I will say, so Kate Trinata winning uh, Best Dance. Um, I didn't see this statistic, but... He is the first, I think, black man yes, uh, to win it um, in this category. And uh, dance music was created by black folks and people of color. Uh, Funny. Just anyways. So um, anytime that you're like, woohoo, we love to see us win. And then you remember that that's probably still a first. Um, even in 2021, you're like, ah, there we go. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm, very well. He, he wasn't the only one, too. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish, who won for Best mm-hmm. Comedy Album, she is the first black woman to have, to have won it, and I think it's since 1986, so, like, almost 40 yeah. years. Since Whoopi. And that, since Whoopi, which was 86. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. 100%. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's shocking. You're like, ah, <laughs> there we go, and this is where we are. <laughs> This is where we are. I purposely try to ignore it so I can just try and celebrate the win, but also like, damn, like finally give us our flowers. Speaking of Beyonce got all the flowers that were much she deserved, did. was shocked that she was there, I but also it. like good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Like Beyonce, you don't always have to be like, take, don't always have to take a stand. You know what I'm saying? Get your awards, girl. Get your golden gramophone. Yeah. Okay. Also, Go on the stage. Surprised that she showed up, which is to say that she doesn't even need to. Like she's just reached that level where she she's like, just like fax it to me. Like you just send me the yeah. thing via the mail i'll get I'll she really the does it um but she showed up and she was like hey y'all it's hey, me again. again what i broke another record stop what? her stop. her i don't know if you have the clips of her of her um it was after her and megan got the award for savage and she was walking down that's when trevor noah told her about the like her historic win her response was such a virgo response like she was first of all she hated that it was a surprise she oh, yeah, hated yeah. she was like almost she was so off put it at the surprise mm-hmm. and like just Virgos, y'all be so self-critical. Like, she didn't even let herself, like... Like, the, she was so, like, just composed and tight about it. I was like, Beyonce, give us a little jump or something, girl, goddamn. No, she's a Virgo. <laughs> she's probably like, why did you, like, spring this on me? <laughs> right, right. She was like, I need to, like, look, analyze this entire situation. Like, give me the documentation. Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her. I love how we can already, like, diagnose and, like, break down Beyonce's personality simply from the fact that she's a Virgo. Yeah, astrology works, people. Haters <laughs> at me, okay? Astrology is real, okay? Yeah, talk to Koa. DM yeah, her. DM me. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Uh, well, wow. Just many things are happening. Glad we could recap a little bit. Um, yeah, we have some exciting things coming up with our next episodes. Some more guests, as we promised. Um, you know, we're bi-weekly again, so don't freak out if you don't hear from us next week. Uh, you will hear from us soon. 
Yes, you will. This was a fun episode. I love whenever we have like ramble style episodes. And we're just like, yeah, let's just, yeah. let's just chit chat. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's just yeah. talk. There was no planning for this. And we don't really no. plan other times, but like there was no planning for this. <laughs> Easy, breezy, beautiful. Something to say. <laughs> oh, can we do that? Oh, can we tap oh, that? Tap will we get sued? Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know TM don't policies. Know TM policy. I don't know either, but like phrases should be free. True. We'll try it. We'll try it. We'll do some research. We'll talk to our lawyers. We don't have lawyers. <laughs> I'm like, but if anybody is a lawyer, wants to give right. us free services. Reach out to my assistant. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, truly a pleasure. All right, y'all. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening as always. Uh, stay tuned for another episode and we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.